This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast where we proclaim and ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, we've turned the corner. We have entered into the month of September. It's a beautiful season of fall back to school. Happy birthday to my brother, whose birthday is officially on the 3rd of September, which our Sunday falls on. And we move into Labor Day and that holiday for our country, a time of a bit of a transition in our schedule, in our calendars, and maybe in our behaviors and routines for our work, for uh, the way that we offer services and ministries. And so welcome to this 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. We've got some beautiful readings that come to us from the prophets. We get to hear a little bit more about St. Peter today and a couple of the themes that I want to just plant a seed right now, and we can see how they may come to fruition and blossom in the scriptures is that truth triumphs. Truth always wins. Uh, There's a higher calling for discipleship. In fact, there's a cost to true discipleship in Christ. And here's the question, where do you stand? Those are a couple of the things that just come out to me as we reflect on these readings. So let's begin. And I want to share again this collect, this opening prayer, because again, I love these collect prayers. I talk about them a lot, but I want you to listen to them. I'm reading today in the Word Among Us. Oh, there it is. And they include these beautiful prayers. So as you're reading the scriptures for daily mass, you can also get that collect and have time to meditate on it a little bit more. So let us pray. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good and by your watchful care, keep safe what you have nurtured through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. And I love this prayer by deepening our sense of reverence. And we have to remember And this is going to be unpacked a bit in the word. If we hear the word of God this week, the world wants to demoralize our sense of reverence in everything that is around us from the proliferation of pornography 
that has gone on really throughout the centuries in different ways, sexually ex- uh, exploitation of human life. Uh, but God wants to deepen our sense of reverence. That's why we have beautiful churches. That's why when we walk into a church, we should feel like that we're not part of the world. This is something different here. This is something reverent, holy, that we've consecrated ourselves in the nature of our baptism for something holy, good, beautiful, true, pure, chaste. And so we need to deepen our sense of reverence and resist all of that which is of the world, which just wants to destroy, that is the enemy of reverence. And we want to nurture what is good by God's watchful care to keep safe what God has nurtured in us. That's God's creation. God has nurtured into us from the beginning of time what is good, what is true, what is beautiful. That's why I say truth triumphs. And so may this prayer be a prayer that aches from our hearts, that we pray for a deeper sense of reverence. We have to reflect that reverence and how we conduct ourselves, how we interact and what's the language that we use? What clothing do we wear? You know, how do we approach one another? Is it in a reverent way? How do we approach the tabernacle? How do we approach our sacred space? And so let's learn some lessons today from our readings. The first reading is a reading from the prophet Jeremiah. This is chapter 20. You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me and you triumphed. All the day I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I must cry out. Violence and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. I say to myself, I will not mention him. I will speak in his name no more. But then it becomes like fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. I grow weary holding it in. I cannot endure it. The word of the Lord. The responsorial Psalm, Psalm 63. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, my God. O God, you are my God whom I seek. For you, my flesh pines and my soul thirsts like the earth parched, lifeless and without water. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, my God. Thus, I have gazed toward you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. For your kindness is a greater good than life. My lips shall glorify you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, my God. Thus will I bless you while I live. Lifting up my hands, I will call upon your name. As with the riches of a banquet, shall my soul be satisfied. And with exultant lips, my mouth shall praise you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, my God. You are my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I shout for joy. My soul clings fast to you. Your upright hand upholds me. My soul is thirsting for you, 
O Lord, my God. Our second reading is a reading from St. Paul to the Romans. This is chapter 12. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is a reading from the gospel of Matthew. This is chapter 16. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and to be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He looked and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Powerful readings always, and there are certain threads that I see coming through these readings today. Again, as I mentioned, opening up this idea of truth triumphs, that there's a high cost to discipleship. It's a higher calling than simply living your life and that we have an invitation of how we're going to stand, where we're going to stand and who we're going to stand with before, behind, against or for. And so let's just look quickly at Jeremiah. There's so much that we learn from the prophet Jeremiah. And I just want to take this, this lamentation and just reflect in thinking about our world today and in so many parts of the world that there is such a heavy persecution against God, against Christianity, against good, truth, and beauty, whether it's against morality, whether it's against natural law, whether it's against a, a, a chaste life or traditional marriage or family life or the dignity of the human person, there is such this offense that we can see much more easily today than maybe in generations past because of this proliferation of the internet and technology. We can quickly see images and hear stories and sound bites that promote 
whatever messages they want to promote and the voices that have the forefront of this technology seem to be very anti-God. And here's Jeremiah. He's a speaker for God. He's a speaker for the truth. And he's, you know, being called to talk to these leaders. And many times what he says to the leaders are going against their leadership because he's calling out the truth and he's continuing to be persecuted. And he says, all the day, I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. You know, this just... Oh, this lamentation. I'm trying to do what God's will is for me by being this speaker of the truth. And yet the word of the Lord has brought me to my work. Jeremiah says derision and reproach all the day. Um, You know, this is what he's facing. This is what he's enduring. He's enduring great suffering and great persecution And yet I love this last line and I hope this line will encourage you as it's encouraging me. And then, you know, because there's this temptation when we live the Christian life, maybe we are speaking out in our schools, which needs to happen in, in spades today. We need to just continue to speak out to the offensiveness that's going on against our families, against our parents and against our children. I say to myself, I will not mention him. Okay. I won't talk about God in this this place. I will speak his name no more. You know, you're, you're cry uncle. Listen to this. This is why I say truth triumphs, but then it becomes like fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. Can you imagine that? Just, you know, I think sometimes we read these first readings, particularly in the, in the, Sunday gospel and we go past them so quick because, you know, we're just going to focus on that gospel reading, but listen, but then it comes like fire burning in my heart. Oh, how I wish that the world would already on fire. Jesus says imprisoned in my bones. This is the deepest part of my creation. I am just burning with the truth. And Jeremiah says, I grow weary holding it in. I cannot endure it. He is going to just continue to proclaim the truth, even if it costs him his life. This is the call of the martyr. And we're all called to be martyrs in that we're called to proclaim Christ no matter what. Now, not for each and every Christian will it mean death. But it is a death to self. It is in self-denial that we live as true and free Christians. And so let us have that spirit of Jeremiah because we are in the days. We're in a time such as this. Every age, every time has its battle has its battle for truth. This is the greatest story ever told, the story of truth, truth, beauty, and goodness. And there is a, there's a battle against good and evil because that evil does not want truth to triumph, wants to squash the truth. I grow weary holding back. 
I cannot endure it. I'm going to let that fire burn. And so let us be like Jeremiah, letting that fire burn. The Psalms, I think, help to bring out his spirit of hopefulness in the midst of such great suffering and enduring. You are my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I shout for joy that even in the midst of these difficult times that we face, God provides the joy. God provides the fuel that we need to persist. My soul clings fast to you, the Psalms say. Your right hand upholds me. He will uphold us. That's who he is, our God. The second reading of Romans, I hope this is a familiar reading to you. And I've used this scripture a lot in my speaking and with different retreats throughout the years, because it's a scripture that speaks particularly to me in my life. I remember, I remember walking early in the mornings and I was just new into coming into the Catholic church. And I heard this scripture and I heard preaching on this scripture. Do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern That's such a a powerful word that you may discern what is the will of God. How do you do that? What is good and pleasing and perfect. And Paul opens up this invitation to remind, not just to remind, urge. I'm urging you because the temptations are great. You're already falling from temptations to offer your bodies, everything that is of you as a living sacrifice to be holy and pleasing, not just your mind, not just I can think holy thoughts, but if if our mind is transformed, our bodies have to reflect that as a living sacrifice that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We have spiritual worship in our body and our minds, our souls. It's all one. And this, I think, as we go into the gospel, what Paul is calling us is to start to change our minds, our bodies, our spirits to conform to be like Christ. And so this reading immediately after the gospel that we heard last week, when Peter has this wonderful proclamation of faith, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus asks Peter, remember, in the midst of all of his peers, you know, Peter is always looked at. And and I wonder if all of the disciples looked at Peter like, okay, Jesus is saying, but who do you say that I am? And I'm wondering did they all kind of look to Peter and like, we're not going to say anything. We're going to see what Peter says, because he's like the leader of our little gang. And right after that, and Jesus acknowledges, in fact, he even says, you know, I'm going to build my church upon you, Peter, and your leadership. And now let me explain to you the cost, the cost of discipleship. And it says in the beginning of this gospel, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He's opening up the passion. I'm going to teach you what it's going to cost, right? There's going to be suffering from the leaders of the church and he's going to be killed. And, and listen to this. This is what amazes me. And Jesus says, and on the third day be raised. Now, 
we can understand in human terms, suffering and being persecuted. Okay. This is something that we do to one another. We, we bully one another. We persecute one another. We traumatize one another. We do this as human beings, unfortunately, but this is something that we can understand with our minds. Okay. Uh, Killing. Unfortunately, we understand killing. There's war, there's battle, there's there's killing of one another. And that's uh, that's something that we understand. But Jesus also teaches his disciples in the same breath that he's going to be raised. Now, that's something that we don't know and we don't understand. and We can't explain in human terms. It's just, it's not like every day we're seeing people being raised from the dead. And so I wonder what the apostles were thinking when Jesus is starting to explain what's going to come. Here's things that you understand, fighting, battling, persecution. But do you understand what it means to be raised on the third day? He's so specific. It's not just a generic thing. And yet immediately, Peter, did he did he miss that last line? Because he immediately rebukes Jesus. I mean, now, I don't know what the uh, Greek word would have been, but we read it in this scripture. Can you imagine taking the Messiah aside and, and saying, Jesus, this can't be. Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. He's explaining to you. What's to come? And Peter immediately, rashly, um, he's quick to judge. Well, this can't be the way it is because we're on the winning team. Okay, but Jesus actually revealed the winning play is suffering, death, and resurrection. No one else can claim that. But for some reason, Peter forgot that last part which is the part that that distinguishes that is different from any other religion, any other leader. Jesus is the one who foretells what's going to happen. And it happens that he rises from the dead. But Peter takes that human rash, irrational. He doesn't think it through. He just responds with what he thinks should be the right way to go. And and Peter, uh, excuse me, Jesus immediately calls Peter out. He sees this is a behavior that needs to be corrected immediately. Get behind me, Satan, which means get behind me, enemy. Get behind me, obstacle. Get behind me, adversary. Your thinking is an adversary thought. Your thinking is the thinking of the enemy. Your thinking is an obstacle to what's going to happen here. And I need to correct it immediately, particularly because you're going to be the leader of my church. Okay. You are an obstacle to me. That's what that word Satan means. It's not a name like Peter. It's a name describing his behavior. You're an adversary. You're the enemy. This is what an enemy does. You're acting as a human being. I'm calling you to be like what St. Paul is calling for our minds to be transformed, to know and discern the will of God, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so Jesus says that you are to take up your cross and follow me and that it is according to our conduct of where we're going to be 
in the kingdom of heaven or not, you know, with the conduct of our lives. And so I think it's interesting. Jesus immediately responds to that behavior that's not going to lead Peter on to the pearly gates. And he corrects him immediately. And and that's as a good parent, as a good coach, as a good teacher. If you're coaching a kid and how to throw the baseball in the perfect swing and you see a behavior or pattern that is incorrect and it's going to cause more damage than good, you immediately correct that. And you actually have that that student, that athlete practice the proper way of of running, of hitting the ball, of serving the volleyball, whatever that is. And the same thing in parenting, you immediately correct that incorrect behavior. And Jesus is doing that for Peter and reminding him, no, you need to think like I think. You need to think the way of God. And and that's our call as well, that higher calling of discipleship. I, I, I do want to just mention a couple of these reflections in in conversation with God this is about the cross that Jesus continues to explain you know we need to have the cross you need to follow me don't don't be a hindrance don't be an obstacle don't be my enemy follow me and it says here peter views christ's earthly mission far too humanly and so fails to realize that it was manifestly the will of god that the redemption would be wrought through the cross and that there was no more suitable way to rescue us from our misery. That's from St. Augustine. Our Lord answers his disciple just as he did the tempter in the desert. Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me for you are not on the side of God, but of men. Just like at apostolic times, we have to bear in mind that the cross Jesus preaches is a scandal to some and utter foolishness to others. There's a great quote I just read. The path to holiness passes through the cross. Anyone who looks for God without sacrifice or the cross will never meet him. Genuine love must be rooted in sacrifice, in mercy, in self-denial. We must embrace that cross. And so think about in your own day today, here's a, here's kind of a cute little saying. It came on my tea bag today. It says, grow through what you go through. We're all going through suffering of some kind or another. And if we are not today, it's going to come tomorrow or we just experience something in our lives, in our relationships, in our physical health and well-being, in our mental health and well-being, in just living in the world today, we're going through suffering. We live in this country. We see what's happening with with war today and that's been going on for centuries, right? In in our attack of the human person and, and the beauty of the human person. Grow through what you go through and and just be open to the fire and the love of Jesus Christ in your daily lives. St. Peter and St. Paul, pray for us. God bless you as we continue another beautiful week. May you be open to the Holy Spirit's guidance and the guidance of our Blessed Mother. Have a blessed day. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. 
reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.